damn thing. Welcome back. Whoever is out there listening, uh, I don't know where you've been, but we know where we've been, and it's good to be back on the Turning Tables podcast. I am your faithful host, Mr. Stephen Harrison, and we come back with our first return guest on this show. She is currently pointing at me and is now, uh, she has contacted my face, call somebody, I might have a lawsuit on my hands. No, but seriously, Brandy Agor, you are our favorite on here. How are you? I'm good. You also forgot to mention that I am now your girlfriend. Yes. So that has changed since <laughs> we did. When was that one we did? December? It was like in 2020 during the pandemic. No, that was that was later than that. That was 2021. No, our first one was in 2020. And oh, then okay. Yeah, our first one was we 2020. We did another one maybe like six months ago. The middle of the night, it felt like. Yeah. I remember being tired on that one. I was tired. I was tired. I was tired. Yes, and we literally just stopped the car after taking one of our our second beach trip, right? Yes. Yes. It was nice. We went to Williamsburg. Yes, for anybody who passes through that city, um, because that's a cool little place. I mean, William and Mary, I've gotten to go out before and uh, have, I did a... What was that? I think it was either karaoke or it was trivia on that campus. And walk through the Williamsburg campus in the middle of the night. That's something you will never forget, seeing a guillotine at 4 a.m. Um, Bush Gardens also there. Uh, not to jump from guillotine to roller coasters, but true. And Water Country, USA. U.S. and the Bay. U.S. and the Bay, yes. Water country. I highly recommend a trip to Virginia Beach. I slept on it because as a kid, I really didn't, like, as a teenager, whenever somebody would be like, hey, you want to go to Norfolk, go to Norfolk or Newport News? It's like, no, but I think they were, I think it was a solid investment. You could wear your water panties to you the beach. Can, you could wear your red water panties <laughs> like at the beach. Like in Florida, I love our water panties. I loved our first trip to Virginia Beach because you and I threw it together so very last minute. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon we left. So it was, we were about a half an hour ahead of schedule today leaving. And we get there to a restaurant that the whole point of going there was to dip our toes in the water and get seafood. We covered 50% of it, but that place that we went to, I remember, they were not a seafood restaurant. And, I know. And we made them make seafood. That was, that was the, yeah, what Go was that restaurant something. called? I forgot. I took oh, a picture of it. It was good. It was, it was okay. It yeah. Was I like this I was restaurant we went to. This one was better. Tonight. Oh my God. It was oh, so the, good. The one tonight, uh, what was it? Whale something. The Whaling Company. The Whaling Company. Yeah. I really like that place. And it's it's been there. Because I, I, I remember passing that the times I visited my buddies who lived in Williamsburg. 
But there's also a lot of history in that city because I was just mentioning William and Mary's campus. And I really think it's worth taking a walk around that area if you ever get the time. That's where um, John Stewart graduated from. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know. We have our people in the state. Our people, our Virginia famous people. Putting Virginia on the map. Putting VA first. I would like to also claim Tina Fey at UVA. and She went to UVA? That she did. I didn't know that. That's cool. And Dave Grohl, not from Virginia, but lived in Virginia growing up. That was, I'm so jealous because he got good punk music in he D.C. He did. Oh, he did. Back in the late 80s, D.C. had, see, my buddy who I was living with, uh, he grew up with some Cleveland punk. Like those are were the scenes that were hard to miss back in the day. But now Richmond has really stepped their game up. So good state to live in if you like music. But we are not here to talk about that rock and roll ruckus. We're here to discuss our guest's most recent work, uh, Miss Brandy. What are you getting into these days? You have some news. I do. So, um, I recently got cast, um, as a, um, for a voiceover. I booked a voiceover role for a reimagining of the Sly Cooper franchise. Um, it, woo! Woo, woo, yay. Yeah. And, um, I'm really excited. Uh, I play a new character that is not in the original franchise mm. named Crystal. And she is a vegan millennial who loves astrology and is into, like, you know, things like chakras and such like that. So, and she she has a crystal necklace around her neck. So she's going to be very fun to play. And I didn't even think I had a chance at that part. Just, it's, voice acting and regular acting is so different in the sense that with voice acting, you have to convey all your emotion through just your voice alone. Whereas with regular, you know, on-camera acting, you can convey emotion through your face as well because we can see you. But voice acting, it can be tough. A lot of people think voice acting is easy because they're like, well, how hard could it be to get behind a microphone and voice a character? It's not. <laughs> it's not. You have to, I say, definitely take acting classes because you have to connect to the character. Um, you have to listen to what, you know, it's just like regular acting. You have to listen to what the other character is saying, react to that. Um, it, it's a skill and it's a skill that constantly needs to be sharpened. And it's, but it's very fun. I, I love doing it. And I've, um, it's what else makes it harder is the fact that more for each part, more people audition because again, it's voice acting. So it doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters what your voice sounds like. So you have more competition. So I was shocked to find out I booked the role. I was really (laughs) happy though. I I think that might be an understatement. I was elated <laughs> i was so happy i can tell yes you were glowing i could not wait to shout it to the world so um i'm so excited and i just hope the sly cooper fans are like it you know and i know there's always going to be 
negative reviews out there. I like I totally get that because you can't make everybody happy. That's just the nature of art in general. So roll off your back. Yeah, I gotta let it roll off your back. Well, there's a difference between critique and people just straight up being mean. You know what I mean? You <laughs> like if there was something you didn't like about anything about a movie or a cartoon or whatnot, that's fine. I I don't. It, it, it's okay for people to have opinions. Um, and you know it's definitely it definitely you do want those positive reactions of course like any artist would but I know you know I I expect negative reactions as well because not everybody is going to perceive your art in the same way yes a billion different opinions yeah um but yeah it, it sucks you know when somebody doesn't like your art I I, I definitely don't want to tell people just let it roll off your back some comments I do let roll off my back I'm not too easily like offended or hurt but like the movie there was a movie I did clickbait a few years back and it it was like 50 50 like 50 percent positive reviews 50 percent negative reviews and for as many positive reviews as I got like on my performance and such you know you let you kind of let the negative ones stick out and you kind of like think about those and again, people are more than welcome to have their negative reviews. I you don't have to like any you know my performance. It's not a requirement, but it still sucks to hear, <laughs> you know. So, um, but you know, I I try and let it roll off my back, and you know, just try and do better in the next project I'm in, whenever that is. So, you know. And you also been doing. I don't think when you were last here, you were doing Harrison the ghost were you yeah oh yeah I'm doing I'm voicing um another cartoon that is really fun and it's called Harrison the ghost and I voice two characters in that cartoon that cartoon airs on TikTok and um so I voice um a creature named Gert and a flower she's an elderly flower named Opal and she's adorable and (laughs) I the if you love Adult Swim or if you love like deadpan humor Harrison the ghost is perfect it's I love it It, it's it's such a great cartoon and it's growing real fast on TikTok so I'm really excited and it's this did give me the Cartoon Network vibes uh, because I I, as soon as I watched Mm -hmm. it I thought of the what is that show um Kind of had like a mix of like Squidbillies and Super Jail together. Yeah, has like that adult sense of humor. Yes. Yeah, like sarcastic, dry, deadpan. I love doing Harrison the Ghost. Um, I'm really excited for it for mm-hmm. more people to view it. It's it, it's gonna be really awesome, and I'm so excited. And you give it pep. I mean, you really do. Like I. I yeah, I, I I love Harrison the Ghost, and it's been something that I can tell is like a for you. It, it's one of those projects that it seems like it's you're doing it to because it's fulfilling, but it also like is getting you better because it's sort of like a I don't know. Have you done a project like that before? Sort of like the cartoon swim. 
Yes. You uh, you have done it before, but not often. I did. Um, I did voice over a pilot episode for Adult Swim. Yeah. And that was so cool. So, um, yeah, that's you and like Doc Willis. <laughs> that that is one of like my most proud moments in my voiceover career thus far. As it should be. It's. I was like, ah, I can't believe it. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, Harrison the Ghost. It's it's one of those cartoons that is extremely indie so it's starting from scratch and it's starting from you know humble beginnings but humble beginnings yes but in the time that it's been out it's done so well and um it has nearly 3000 followers on TikTok um new episodes are being written and produced as we speak and um it's created by a really really talented animator named jimmy lapointe i hope i'm saying his last name right yeah yeah he's really awesome he's really cool and super talented he is popping up on instagram for me i'll tell you that much oh yeah you should interview him about harrison the ghost on your podcast because he would love to (laughs) i feel like this is an idea that has the potential to be because it's we're kind of getting away from like when i think about because we just mentioned adult swim first time i ever saw adult swim was by accident when i was 12 years old and i had trouble sleeping at night so my mom was finally like why don't you try leaving the volume off and have the tv (laughs) on oh god because the the first show that came on was for anybody who remembers it, home movies. And that is like, but that was 17 years ago. Now we're kind of like phasing out the cable years. And it's, I'm fascinated when I see a cartoon like that come up that I know it's good enough to be on a cartoon network, but it's, He's distributing it in a very smart way, doing the TikTok thing, because I don't think I don't feel like there's a lot of that happening out there. It's kind of a unique approach. Yeah. See, the thing is, is that I want to see this in the future. Like, and I think it's happened already. Bridge the gap between, you know, networks and just releasing it independently. Most definitely. Yes, because you get more creative control and you still get an audience. Like I I wouldn't take on cuz I do both, you know, indie and the, you know, the bigger acting projects. I do both. Um if I do indie if I feel it can it's really good and has an audience because I don't want to do just like you know, a cartoon or voice over a cartoon or be in a movie that is not going to have an audience because then there's no point. You want somebody to to see it. And indie films in general get seen all the time. Juno was an indie film. Um, Napoleon Dynamite was an indie film. (laughs) So I don't, my indie gets such a bad rap and it shouldn't. It just means it's produced by an independent production company. That's it. And wasn't for indie films. I don't know who Jamiroquai is, I will add. Exactly, exactly. Um, and because of YouTube and TikTok, you know, animators and producers are releasing their own cartoons as well. And I think it's awesome, you know, because getting into networks is 
very hard. You have to pitch. You know, it's it's a headache. You have to go through many middlemen to do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just if you have an idea and you're married to the idea, just produce it yourself. It's and it'll get an audience. Um, it's TikTok and YouTube is mainstream now. So I I think also what gets a bad rap with like releasing your you know project on the web is people it seems like a lot of people look down upon it because anybody can do it yeah so which they're right anybody can put their indie film cartoon whatever on youtube or tiktok that's true but not everybody will get an audience not not every movie it like let's just say you uploaded your full feature length movie on youtube independently um that doesn't mean it's going to get an audience that does not mean people are going to watch it so you just kind of wasted your time you know filming the movie and uploading it to youtube because you know it's not guaranteed anyone's going to see it you you have to be smart about it you have to put some money into marketing since you're doing your own marketing, um, you know, you have to, you have to go and find the audience. You have to, you have to have, you know, somebody that's good at that and marketing and finding an audience. You can't just put it on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram and whatnot and expect people to find it and stumble upon it. Yeah. Some people get lucky with, and it goes viral, but in like 24 hours, but if you put up a project a movie, a web series, or anything, you can't just upload it online and expect people to find it. You have to market it. You have to put in the time and effort to market it so you get an audience. And yeah. I think and I think that's what a lot of indie filmmakers don't understand. And that is something that like I'm really good at is marketing. Um and that's why any, you know, projects that that I've done that were indie and, you know, released on the web have been successful because I'm not to brag, but I'm really good at marketing as well. I have a degree in communication. So I learned about marketing and PR and, you know, it's so. You're thinking about doing more school for theater possibly. Maybe. Yeah. I've always wanted to get my yes get my master's degree in theater but it's just a lot of money (laughs) so you're somebody that i have been i've wanted to ask about the future of as we're we're 50 years away from when the godfather was released and oh we were my goodness just listening to a song by alan parsons tonight uh with the opening line of it is where do we go from here now that all of the children have grown we're talking about like kind of the changing of the guard where there's a lot of like I, like people used to talk about old hollywood like how it was you know there was the whoever you have like you know betty davis in those days and now it's like we're watching like jack nicholson get old and all these people like even leonardo dicaprio is in his 50s now i want to know where you see the film industry going i mean i have a few friends who truly like 
they they love they think there's some good parts some good components of things today and they love to tell stories and they try to preserve sort of like the what came about in the early 70s with people like Francis Ford Coppola and with you know like a a movie like Dirty Harry. I mean, those stories that changed the way that we see, like, The Godfather exist, or if it doesn't, you don't have The Sopranos. Like, that That has happened now, so I'm wondering where our ideas are going to go with film. Is it even going to be, like, you know, if, like, once the world doesn't have Quentin Tarantino's and Martin Scorsese's anymore, what's going to happen with these the old ways well honestly my prediction is that the movie theater is gonna go out of business i don't think people are gonna go to movie theaters anymore that's so crazy yeah i i see it happening like i just i don't see people going i i don't think people will be going to movie theaters anymore i think that'll be defunct that's gonna turn into it's gonna everything's gonna release on netflix it's gonna be like drive-thrus I don't even know if drive-throughs. Oh, no, I mean, like, drive-throughs like, like theaters. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I just feel like it's phasing out. It's phasing in out another for sure. way. Yeah, I, I mean, I know. I've talked to some friends and they and they say they feel that, um, you know, a lot of people like to see, you know, like those Marvel films in movie mm-hmm. theaters. But that's not a lot of films. That's only like one or two films a year. So that's what Martin Scorsese yeah. said. Yeah, he thinks it's like going to it's a, a go theme extinct. park. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what it. it it's just yeah. I, 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 yeah, uh, I think. Mo- oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think most movies will start just start releasing on Netflix, Hulu, whatnot. Oh. Um. Maybe that's why I think these... the movie theater will die out. I feel like that's. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I guess, the film industry, maybe it did peak with, I don't know, they, they just caught lightning in a bottle at the time that you had movies like Butch Cassidy coming out all the way up to, like, I, I, I truly feel like films, the last of them, the great ones, was probably the early 90s. Yeah, it was... Something like that, because I, Schindler's List, I mean, there's one yeah, that... that was a great movie. I truly like, like watching that. And, I mean, you still see some today that are, like, True Grit, the remake, was very well done. Or No Country for Old Men, I mean, or the, you know... There's interesting ideas, like The Revenant. I mean, can't knock them, but... They don't happen as often. Well, the film industry has always been changeable. Like, you know, when silent films, silent films phased out and the talkies took over. Yeah. Black vaudeville. And, yeah, yeah, vaudeville. Think, yeah. And then, and then, um, you know, in the 30s and 40s and 50s, musical films were really huge. And now there's really no musical films. Wow, true. And, um... yeah yeah so it's kind of like when silent films phased out in talking uh movies and and entertainment took over and same with like black and white tv it eventually all went to color and even tv was you know a thing they thought tv was going to kill the movies but it didn't it's we still have both but tv back in the 50s if you were an actor like 
being on TV was kind of looked at as how maybe the film industry looks at web series today. TV was like the lowest you could do in yeah. yeah, and I, I don't think that's true. If if your web series can get a big audience, then that's that's great. That's the goal, you know. So you just have to work on your – you have to market it. You have to put in the effort to, to market and um, tell people about it. You know, you have to put it on your social media. Like and, some people think they're so good it sells itself, but you do have to do some marketing. You have to do a it's lot of work. Necessary. Yeah, you have to put in the work to market um truth yeah because again anybody can upload their web series their skits but it's not going to do you any because you're competing with literally billions of people in the entire world that upload their stuff so it's not going to take off unless you market it i i yeah definitely also video killed the radio star that's <laughs> But it's very true. I, I just want to, I think above all what, if I wanted to see anything happen with entertainment of any kind, it's, I want to see storytelling continue to grow. I, I, that's, Hollywood is shit right now with just uh, so many different controversies and it's, like I'm talking compared to what it used to be, it has cleaned up in some ways. Like people have to be, they can't get away with things like they used to. I mean, now you're seeing there's so much more therapy available to people readily, but also, I mean, there's like, you have a lack of ideas and I feel like all these people like you know, what happened with Will Smith and what's happening with the Johnny Depp situation. And that that's, it's fascinating to see where that place is right now, because I feel like they need, they sort of need a kick in the behind to become something that's like, it, I, I just think Hollywood is uh, like mainstream is doomed if they run the, the superhero movies into the ground and yeah, that's where something like the joker came along and i was like thank the off oh, thank christ for something like this because it was just it was like i was watching a film that made me like okay i could see i like i could get myself into this story because the guy is like you know, it just, it's, it, you can't explain how it captivates you, but it sort of had traces of like when he's on the subway and he's getting chased, like people love that in the eighties when Steve McQueen was doing it in the Hunter, like it, they love that kind of like classic, like guys getting chased in New York city and New York almost as a character in the story. That's what I like is I, I want to see storytelling just it, be good as ever. It doesn't even have to be like film continues and it's like, we're going back to our, the, the days of, you know, when these people like, you know, it, when you were seeing all these classics start for the first time, like 2001 or like all these war movies that were written for like platoon that came out. I don't know where the future of entertainment is, but please, if you have an idea, 
write it down, get it out there. Well, I just want to see original ideas. Original you know? ideas. Yeah, I like original ideas. Um, it just seems like everything is a remake. And <laughs> bingo, <laughs> bingo. Yeah, and so I want to see original ideas of something that hasn't been done before. Um, and it, it just seems like they're more about which actors are in the movie rather than the story. And I've never been the type of moviegoer that goes and sees a movie because of certain actors in it because I could care less. It's yeah. more about the story for me. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I feel like that happens a lot where it's like the James Bond movies. I, I think Daniel Craig is like one of the more... I think he was great as that guy. And my favorite one of all those guys who played his character with respect to all the legends who did it, like, you know, Sean Connery and Roger Moore. But like when you, you say like, I, I heard that they were batting around the idea of Idris Elba playing him. And I think that would be interesting, but what a lot of people lack in understanding why a story cannot sell is because that exactly uh a movie can have all the right people in it like con air i mean that had literally every a-lister out there and it was just it's now known as this corny terrible cult movie that came out of the 90s and then you have something like the departed where you're like you're blessed with all of these great actors and it just, it doesn't like the story doesn't even have to wow you. Cause it's basically just about a, a guy who's a crooked cop and a guy on the inside is able to take him down, but it was well written enough you know, to where you could kind of pick up the pieces in between or whatever. Like, you know, was uh the idea that so i'm trying to think of like an independent movie that was you know like texas chainsaw massacre how many people in that can you name for the actors and actresses in it but it was convincing because nobody was willing to take a chance at an idea like that and they thought okay this piece could go here this piece can go here we don't have to make it a perfect movie and I feel like if Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if it was the same idea today, you know, they were just trying to make it like 10 times bloodier, it would be the same thing. It's like, just get the idea out there and let's see it. Right. And, and I like that. I I, I want to see that with Hollywood. Just step your game up. Well, I think my biggest advice to any like producer or filmmaker out there, come up with original ideas. Something that's never been done before. Amen. You know, look, take risks with scripts that you get sent. Maybe that script that seems a little odd, take a chance with it and see what happens. You know, don't go with the cookie cutter run of the mill script that, you know, get turned into movies all the time and we're sick of, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I, I think that these ideas, so many of them are, and I'm noticing that when I watch movies today like i i feel like a lot of people don't pick up on it but i i'll see an idea and i'm just so good with references like that i'll catch that somebody's using this 
idea came about from another story that the public is just not very aware of. I mean, case in point, like what happened with, I was telling you about Shia LaBeouf a few years ago when he was freestyling one of those random videos of him. Some, I can't even remember where he was, (laughs) but as he is freestyling, you're just being blown away line after line come to realize he was using somebody's song from I think the early nineties. It was, it's like, it, it was such an obscure song in reference that you wouldn't catch it. But that happens today. I'm watching somebody with their idea out there and I'm like, wait a minute, I know where they got that, but somebody else, you know, and I, I think I, I've just, I'm not, that's the one time on my show I'm going to praise myself. But like, <laughs> You should praise yourself all the time. You've done a lot. Thank you. You pretty cool. You pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm definitely, you know, looking forward to any, like, ideas that may not be done all the time. I want to see that. I want to see risks be taken. Me too. That's why, I mean, like we, I don't know, we're at a time where things are, I get the feeling of, uh, I'm feeling what a lot of people, even though I didn't get to live through that time, I feel like I was in it, the way people describe the 80s is kind of comparable to today. A lot of the things we're going through where there's uncertainty with the old... Because I, like, I remember people talking about, oh, the NFL is going to die <laughs> at least the last like 10 years ago. And people were saying that in the 80s. And it's the same thing. It's like people were saying, oh, cinema is dying in the 90s. Because like, there, there was a time in the 90s where there were just like these ludicrous Oscar winners that were getting like Shakespeare in love. You're joking me. Like I, I I just, I I think a lot of it is uh, tax dollars. Let's just, let's be honest. (laughs) That's hard at work. Uh, We're, we're using our money to, uh, to pay for these actors that do not deserve (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the level of achievement they get cough Gwyneth Paltrow but then all of a sudden like like three years later after that movie came out in 1999 there's a movie like American Beauty that that was a good movie that, I love that movie oh god that like I literally I, I watched that with a friend of mine a few months ago who had never seen it before it's so and, good oh like the the final scene, I guess it was just kind of strange to watch because I first saw that movie when I was 15 or 16. I was pretty young when I saw it, but I, I thought it was like at that time, of course, I thought like Kevin Spacey's part was hilarious and you know, like it's, you still watch it and it's entertaining and it's, it's entertaining and it's funny, but I wasn't paying attention to how good the writing was in that. Oh, it's very good to come up with a story like that. Yeah. And awesome. I mean, that idea was just... I was blown away, yeah. 
it really was one of those things where it was just, you look at the idea and it's like, there's a guy who, I mean, the story on paper is kind of simple though. I mean, he's, you could come up with a simplistic concept like that of where a guy is just having a breakdown and then he just, he doesn't care about anything. I mean, it's like a serious version of office space almost where the guy is just like, I just don't feel like doing things anymore or like open water. I mean, when that came out, that was a big time indie film. And I remember my aunt talking to me about seeing that movie and, watching it for myself and seeing like, I can't believe somebody didn't come up with an idea like that, especially after you had jaws that was available for all those years where it's just a couple floating out in the middle of the ocean because there's so many, not even jaws. Like there's so many of those stories that are out there where there's a boat flipped over and hero leads them to the, the Poseidon adventure, you know, it's, there's countless ones I can name, but that's exactly what I liked about that story and go out there and write your story. Do it. Anyone out there who is an aspiring screenwriter, write your screenplay. You won't regret it. Do it. Just do it. You are the industry boys and girls. You are what the industry is looking for. You have what it takes. If you could see me right now, I am wearing U.S. apparel, uh, pointing my finger aggressively, not telling you to join the Army, telling you to write a movie about the Army. Um, Except Stripes. Leave that alone. Don't you ever remake Stripes. (laughs) I I will find you if you do. I will find you. You not pass you shall not pass i love you jason seagal if you ever hear this by the way um but this has been a fascinating day with you miss lady aguila lady aguila what a of santa clarita california santa clarita california as we sit here on a cool virginia night doing i i love doing these late night episodes especially with yourself that is when we started our podcast we averaged a finish time with edits and recording and all usually like at 4 a.m we'd average our our finish time with these wow so that's why i like that's cool I like to do these uh, these late night episodes because we don't do them as much anymore. That was when we Ryan and I started out and we had we didn't have old man energy. Old man, I know. Oh yeah, I definitely have old lady energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because last time you were the one who was keeping me awake. And this time I am keeping you awake. Although you do have a long a long day ahead of you tomorrow, ma'am. Uh, no, I have a long day. Miss Aguilar is getting on a plane, but she... I'm getting on a jet plane back to California. She can't complain. We're happy that she joined us uh, for the first time, actually in person, to do this podcast. And she will be back. Uh, I'll be back. We have some 
new stuff in the works for you. Uh, we give, of course, a shout out to our sponsors from the get go. We had uh, no more thinking those boys that are always finding an excuse to start drinking the best clothing you are going to find in the state of Arizona and the U.S. You need your joke tees. They got you covered. And, of course, Hempful Farms. Make sure to go on over and check out some of their CBD products. I personally use those to help me sleep. Uh, one of the best things that is out there for me today. I've really gotten into since the pandemic started ASMR, but surprisingly enough got into somebody who has been an advocate for marijuana my whole life. Um, <laughs> CBD did not get into until later in life, but fantastic company. Great guy who runs it. Uh, try their stuff. I highly recommend. And we want to uh, remind you, we are on Spotify at the end of this month. We will have, an event coming up for you to debut uh, some new episodes as well as play our catalog from front to back. Uh, we are on S107, The Mix, out of Charlottesville. It's a buddy of mine, Joe Audia, great guy, runs this. And we wanted to do it because we wanted to have a way that you could just turn on our episodes and there's something at random that's on. And it's not just... Because when... You have Spotify, sometimes you use it, and you just, you pick the same episodes you always listen to, and there's nothing random about that, that's not as, there's no fun to it, if that's the case. Sometimes you have the things you want to go to, but sometimes you want to just be shocked, and that's what we're aiming to do, so look out for, it'll be around Memorial Day, we're going to be playing our episodes from one all the way to the end with the lights go down podcast uh the newly formed turning tables podcast and the life of the party podcast and we have a new schedule coming up as well for turning tables uh it's going to be every third friday of the month we will be debuting those episodes lgd does not have a schedule but uh that could change in the future we've kind of tried not to do that uh because it's just you don't want to put limitations on art, but truth. Art has no limits. Art has no limits, and neither does uh, podcasts. Podcasts or fartistry. And a shout out to all the fartists out there. We love you. We do love you. Uh, we adore you, especially. I can't remember her name, but whoever the one girl is, it might be multiple women who fart their genders out oh hell yeah remember that the uh the blue dust fart, fart. lady oh, fart was... your life away fart your life away um words to live by miss brandy aguilar once again joining us on the turning tables podcast this yo, is now yo, yo. two appearances on this show not to bragular but uh andy bragular i had brandy aguilar on the lights go down. I have had Brandy Aguilar on turning tables, and now I've hosted Andy Bragular on turning tables. But seriously, I'm so excited. So glad that you came on the show, and we're gonna do another one again uh, soon in person. Uh, we will have another episode with you. I hope. I'm excited. You are always welcomed 
why would I say anything otherwise? I'd be crazy. You've been did. on you've been on my podcast, so I've got to do it again. That I, was fun. I can't wait to. I have never talked about Mel Brooks more than I with love you. Mel Brooks. Oh, I love yes. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh! Or when it when... they are so dumb. <laughs> I love that movie. Or like um at the end when they just throw uh Dom de Louise in the water. <laughs> Piss on you! I'm working for Mel Brooks. Sounds like steam escaping. Sounds like steam escaping. Funny, funny man and a funny funny flick. And we are out.